You're listening to the Living Truth Church Podcast, and we're so glad that you're here. If you would like to know more about our church, you can find us at livingtruthchurch.com, on Facebook at Living Truth Church, or on Instagram at LTC underscore Pace. We pray that God uses this teaching to impact your life. It was great worshiping with you this morning so far. I tell you, there's so many things that happened this week, so many God things, great things. I just got to I got it written down somewhere, but I'm going to throw a few of them out to you right now because I didn't want to forget. But just um, one of them I heard from, well, a couple, some people got saved this week. That's great, right? Amen. Some people got saved this week, gave their heart and life to Jesus throughout the week, maybe some last week on Sunday, some during the week. They can get saved any day. So praise the Lord. People are just being obedient. But I was just thinking about this, things that I heard people are doing. You're just being obedient to what Christ has called you to do. Uh, one of our uh, one of our D groups, a bunch of guys, they meet uh, at Water Burger one day a week, and and uh, you know they were doing the prayer wheel this week, and so uh, their leader said, "Look, we're going to do the prayer wheel, and if you know on the prayer wheel about the about nine o'clock somewhere in there on it, it's uh, sing." And uh, I tell you, when I do the prayer wheel, I sing in my truck, not in some room by myself, right? But y'all may do it differently, okay? But uh, he said we're gonna. So we're not going to sit in Waterburg today. We're going to sit out in the truck and do our prayer wheel because when we get to sing part, we're going to sing. So we had some grown men out in Waterburger parking lot singing to Jesus. So that was pretty cool, I think. That was good. I was glad to hear that. Amen, right? That's right. And then I hear one of our D, lady D groups. They, they're like, and this, and by the way, a D group is supposed to be iron sharpening iron all this. It's not really going out and doing love, but this, these things happen organically, right? When you're obeying Jesus, he says, hey, why don't y'all go do this? And God put it on their heart to just put it on the Soul Sisters page to go ask some ladies, hey, y'all need your laundry done. We'll come get it and take care of it. And they went. They found late, three ladies. They went, picked up their laundry, cleaned their dirty laundry, dried it, folded it, and put it back on the porch. I'm going to tell you, that's a God thing where I live. I don't know about you. <clears throat> and then, it's not just adults. Kids, I mean, I was, I, was, I was moved this week. I heard one of our youth, uh, uh, one of the youth uh, was here on Wednesday night, sitting by him or herself. I'll try to leave it, you know, anonymous. And, uh, and another youth went over to that person and uh, said, hey, why don't you come sit with us? And so I'm good, I'm good. And said, so, you know, well, you know what? I'm going to come sit with you. And that, man, I tell you, I don't know which one of them. One of them, I was hearing all these things this week, and I think it was the, the, the laundry thing. That one kind of cut me. I was eating some bacon, and I almost choked. <laughs> God is good. Hey, and, uh, okay, so I do need to, before I get into the message this morning, welcome our guest. Glad to have you with us this week. Uh, it's, it's Sometimes it's like a, Ferris wheel in here. Sometimes it's like a roller coaster. You don't know. But this morning, uh, I was prompted by one of our wise people in our church to say I should share this because on October 12th, we've been in this building for about 10 years. So on October 12th, our balloon note comes due, which is about $64,000. And this person said, I should say in front of you that we should pray and give uh, as God tells us to give. So if you're here, you don't want, you pray. I'm just saying pray what God would have you give. I, I, I think it would be a great prayer to see God say, all right, we're done with that. It, that's about six weeks from now. I mean, that's like, okay, but that would be a God thing. So I want you to do is pray about that, what God would have you give, and then you give that. You, and by the way, don't tip God, give from your wealth. In the first service, I shared how much God has put on me, 
and I'm not going to do it because this is live stream, but uh, somebody already told me I'm going to double that. So whatever God puts on your heart, he may tell you right now what he's putting on your heart, but I'd rather you just pray about it and you give what God says. And so use one of the envelopes or if you give online, just say, hey, I want to just call it pay off the land or whatever. And uh, so just letting you know that. So I'm being obedient. God told me to do that. You do what you want to do. I, I, it doesn't bother me. I'm, we don't, we don't cuss and fuss about money around here. I just you, just you do what God calls you to do, but we do need to do what we need to do, right? Let's pray. Father, we love you. I pray, God, that you would speak to us plainly and clearly through your word this morning. God, I know that as we come together, I know people are, I know they have things on their heart and minds. Lord, you know, as Gunnar shared this morning. Um, and I just pray that you let us get past that and hear what you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Who autopsy of Babylon? You know, this is um, your feelings might get hurt this morning. I'm just going to say it out front. Okay, all right. So you know, and I, I think sometimes our feelings need to be hurt, right? Amen. Right? Anybody? Sometimes. Do your feelings need to be hurt every now and then? Okay. All right. I don't know. Nobody wants to ask for that. All right. Here you go. So uh, last week, so we're in Revelation. We're three quarters away, I guess. However you do the math, you know, we're in Revelation 18 today. Um, and last week we saw the fall of religious Babylon. Um, and listen, we know this. It took religion and government to crucify Jesus. Did it not? I mean, the government needed the, the power of the religious Jews to sway the crowd. And the religious Jews needed the authority of the Roman government to crucify somebody. So to put Jesus on the cross, they had to work together. So these two have been working hand in hand for a long time. The two sides, religion, government, or the controller of the economy, whatever you want to call it, they help each other. So in chapter 17, we did last week, the religious side, the great prostitute, is taken down uh, the most... Feasible way this happens is at the middle of the tribulation period when the Antichrist steps in to totally receive, receive all the worship for himself and kicks her to the curb. He, he used her power to unite the world, uh, world religious religions under one ecumenical umbrella and seizes power and worship during the time known as the abomination of desolation. You know, and that's just the time. Jesus talked about that time in Matthew 24, 15. Daniel talked about, prophesied of this time. So it's a real time. So everything, all the stuff we've been reading in Revelation, he's just pointing to place and time. These things are going to happen. As we read last week, God actually put this into the heart, this, this, into the heart of these to carry out his judgment. So God even put on the bad guys, he put it in their heart to carry out his judgment. Now, it's time to get for, for God to get to deal with the other side of the coin. Now, we, we will call it commercial Babylon, the one that has been handling all the business, all the shady deals, the backroom deals, the get-rich conspiracies and all that of the world. A lot of folks have turned their backs on the rest of humanity to get rich themselves. A number of times God dealt with Israel for their mistreatment of their own people in the Old Testament. In fact, he got so tired of them for doing this, he quit talking to them for 400 years. Again, 
There's nothing new under the sun. It just reaches a final boiling point. So we look at Revelation chapter 18, verse 1. After this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority in the earth, was made bright and his, with his glory. And he called out with a mighty voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast, for all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of the sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. Now, by now, we're used to angels coming down from heaven and either speaking or carrying out God's judgment. This, This angel comes with great authority, and it says, lights up the earth. Now, this is hard for us when we're reading it to get this, but if you remember, we read in Revelation 16, 21 that the earth has been darkened. So when this happens, the earth is dark and dreary. I mean, it'd be like if it rained here for 65 days in a row or something, you know, if it was like that, or if this area was like Jennifer said, like the sun rarely came out. I mean, it was dark. That's, that's depressing, isn't it? You know, I mean but it was dark, and then we see that this angel comes out reflecting the glory of God, lighting things up as he pronounces that Babylon has fallen. Now, now that the demons and the devil can't go to and fro from heaven and earth, they have set up shop on earth. Now, a haunt is a place, in this case, demons materialize. They have been comfortable in their new home, their space. They're taken over. When you and I give part of our lives over to the devil, you know that he's not satisfied with just part of it, right? You know that, don't you? I mean, you leave the door cracked open out of jealousy, anger, little white lie. You crack the door open, and he just comes on through, and he gets in the lazy boy, and he takes the remote. You know what I'm saying? Has anybody ever noticed that in your life? Don't raise your hand. But that's how he works. That's why in God's Word it says, be angry and sin not. Because he knows if you give him a foothold, he'll, he'll take the place over. And this is kind of what with this demonic presence on earth With the church gone, things are darkened. It's really dark. With the church gone, earth has literally gone to hell in a handbasket in seven years. Just like that. The fall of religious, commercial Babylon, that's great news. It has influenced the earth the wrong way for thousands of years. She's been a host for demons and everything associated with demonic activity. And all the nations had been in bed with her. Her demonic influence had led to drunkenness, sexual immorality, general immorality, and the kings of the earth committed immorality with her and merchants of the earth grew rich off of her. Nothing describes the exploitation of the people on the earth like human trafficking. Have you heard of it? Prostitution, pornography, selling of sex slaves. 
You know, not too long ago, we were worried about the price of toilet paper. Remember that? How many of you are still storing? No, I don't. I know you are. But, But in this day, but in this day, good times will be rolling out as extravagant living is celebrated. Sometimes I just have to fight the temptations of things I can say that might, you know, just say amen because I fought it off. Their Their luxurious living will be funded off the backs of fellow humans, oppressed, demeaned, used, and abused. Why can't we get answers from the whole Jeffrey Epstein episode, right? I mean, by the way, we won't. We won't get the answers. When we hear of high-profile government, commercial, industrialist, international officials with their hand caught in a cookie jar, the headlines read, so-and-so got busted, and you think, oh, finally, they got caught. But rarely do they get convicted of anything, right? We know they're two people, they're, they're too big to fail. Quit reading the headlines. Quit expecting justice in your lifetime. It rarely happens. Let's say Nixon was just, he, nobody liked him, right? Bernie Madoff, he just was dumb. Uh, you know, I mean, but most of the time, They're not going to get caught. But the day is coming. There's a day coming. And we're reading about it in Revelation 18. Commercial Babylon has been tolerated because the world and governments have become rich over her system. They liked the money, the sex, the wealth, and the authority. See, this goes back to what we keep talking about. Satan does not tempt you with stuff that you don't already want to do. And so these are things that the people of the world like. We all have to fight off something from the flesh. And that's what he tempts us with. Verse 4, Then I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she's mixed. As she glorified herself and lived in luxury, so give her a like measure of torment and mourning, since in her since in her heart she says, I sit as a queen. I'm no widow in mourning. I shall never in mourning I shall never see. For this reason her plagues will come in a single day, death and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for mighty is the Lord God who has judged her. Her sins are heaped as high as the heavens. Maybe, maybe a tip of the hat to the Tower of Babel. Okay, maybe something like that. But God, God has been tallying all of her offenses, and she will be judged doubly. Another voice called out to God's people to come out from her. So it's hard to live in the world system and not be part of that system. Now, some are functioning in that system, but it's judgment time, and they needed to come, they needed to get out because God was about to drop the hammer down. 
kind of like Lot and his family when they're the whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing. Remember the angels went in and got them out of there? Calling God's people out of ungodliness is a theme that runs throughout the scripture. If you want to write some scriptures down, I'm not going to read these, but Isaiah 52, 11, Jeremiah 50, verse 8, Jeremiah 51, verse 45, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says to not be unequally yoked. Calling out that. Because God knows if we're unequally yoked, we're going to mess up. Ephesians 5, 11. The sins, the sins have piled up for the materialistic world. They have reached their apex. It's done. God's already said it's done. But for those who turn from sin and turn to Christ, God will forgive and forget. Hey, how about that? Huh? Y'all know people that have forgiven you, but hadn't quite forgot yet. Have you forgiven? Haven't quite forgotten yet. God can forgive and forget. Hebrews 8, 12 says, For I'll be merciful toward the iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. That's one of the things I like about God. The great Babylon who has had her way through the centuries, known to be too big to fail, is destroyed in a single day. Hmm. Verse nine through, verses 9 through 19, I'm going to, for time's sake, I'm going to read a few of these. And, and the kings of the earth who committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her will, keep, will weep and wail over her when they see the smoke of her burning. They will stand afar off in fear of her torment and say, Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour your judgment has come. And down to verse 17. For in a single hour, all this wealth has been laid waste. And all the shipmasters and seafaring men, sailors, and all whose trade is on the sea stood afar off. And they cried out as they saw the smoke of, they saw the smoke of her burning. What city was like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and mourned, crying out, Alas, alas, for the great city where all who had ships at sea grew rich by her wealth. For in a single hour, she has been laid waste. So the kings of the earth, the merchants, the shipmasters, they all weep over her demise because they've made a lot of money off of her. And they witnessed that she was laid to waste in a single hour, wiped out, nothing left, desolate. So she wasn't as strong as she thought. The whole system unraveled Real quick, the world system is no match for heaven. So whose side are you on? It only looks like it is getting away with it right now, but as we read in Revelation, we see a day is coming. Y'all say that with me. A day is coming. It is coming. The kings of the earth will stand off in what they think is a safe distance in fear. The merchants of the earth will stand off in what they think is a safe distance mourning for her because nobody's going to buy their stuff anymore. And if we didn't read it, but on that list of their stuff that they were selling, the last on the list was the most important human souls. Did you see that? 
They were selling cloths, silks, all kinds of scented woods, all stuff, but they were selling human souls. So too the shipmasters stood far off and they cried out as the goose that laid the golden egg was cooked. Some think they're standing far off because she was laid waste by a nuclear attack. But you know what? God doesn't need nuclear. He can do what he wants, right? It could be that way, but, you know, we don't have to speculate on that. So as God brings his righteous judgment on the evil players of the earth, what is noticeably missing is repentance. There's no repentance. It's not, woe is me when all these things are happening. It's, woe, woe is the great city. Woe, woe is my bank account. You know, our culture is becoming increasingly materialistic. Our world is not pro-life, it's pro-money. None of these cared about the humans that were used, abused, and trafficked. They only cared about the money. As believers, it would be both prudent and responsible for us to see where our money is coming from. Is it coming off the back of others? Are we mistreating the less fortunate to get rich? It's a temptation even for good people. Are you treating your employees fair or are you taking advantage of them? And did that question get you mad? These who had enjoyed this luxurious lifestyle will be tormented in poverty forever. So all this time they've been living and getting what they wanted, living lavishly, but in the end, they'll live in poverty. The lake of fire, which is the final destination for these, will be in a place of unfulfilled desire. You know, that's, that's all right. It, we live in this world where we're never fully satisfied, right? If we got a boat, we want a bigger boat. If we got this, we want that. We get, that's how we are, right? I mean, let's be honest. So in the end, those that will spend eternity in the lake of fire, they will never, ever be satisfied. But when you go to heaven, it will just get better and better and better and better. Your choice. See, meanwhile, Jesus, it says, has a mansion prepared for us, for his servants. Verse 20, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, for God has given judgment for you against her. Then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, so will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will be found no more, and the sound of harpists and musicians of flute players and trumpeters will be heard in you no more, and a craftsman of any craft will be found in you no more, and the sound of the mill will be heard in you no more, and the light of a lamp will shine in you no more, and the voice of bridegroom and bride will be heard in you no more, for your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and all nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets 
and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. Revelation 17 and 18 and Jeremiah 50 and 51. We're not going to read that. You can write that down. If you'd like to study the Bible, look at Jeremiah 50 and 51. Are practically parallel passages as Jeremiah speaks of the destruction of the kingdom of Babylon at that time. It's a type of destruction of the religious and spiritual commercial Babylon that is to be destroyed in the yet future. It's one of those twofold fulfillments of prophecy where God shows that he did something one time, he can do it again, and also it's a foreshadowing of something that's going to happen in the future. Jeremiah 51, verse 61 says, And Jeremiah said to Sariah, When you come to Babylon, see that you read all these words and say, O Lord, you have said concerning this place that you will cut it off so that nothing shall dwell in it, neither man nor beast, and it shall be desolate forever. When you finish reading this book, tie a stone to it and cast it in the midst of the Euphrates and say, thus shall Babylon sink to rise no more because of the disaster that I am bringing upon her and they shall become exhausted. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. It also reminds us what Jesus said in Matthew 18, 6, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. This applies, this, this applies to Babylon in Revelation 18 because she led others into sin. You see, personal sin is bad enough, right? But it's bad, even worse when you or I get other people to sin. Some good Christians will be guilty of the sin of silence. You know what that is? You see, the gospel came to you on its way to somebody else. You can't, you can't receive that gospel and then come to church every Sunday and sit here and not tell that to somebody else. That's sin. It's the sin of silence. I told you I heard a lot of great stuff this week. I, I, I got an email from one of the international missionaries who's been here and spoke to our college students one time, maybe youth too, but anyway. He said, just this morning I was with Karan in uh, Kathmandu and heard one of his disciples' stories of how he got started in this work. And this is B's story. You know, i got to give you initial because they could get killed if you just mention their name somebody finds it on the internet. He said, I was studying for my bachelor's degree in theology, and I heard Brother Kiran share his testimony. He said, start where you are, share what you know. You might want to write that down. When he asked if any of the students wanted to join him in evangelism in the city, and I quickly signed up. When we, when we went out, we shared with dozens of people, and nearly half of them either said yes to Jesus or that they wanted to hear more. I thought to myself, that there was no way this was real. But the second week, the same thing happened. Then I told Brother Karan that this only happens in Kathmandu. There's no way this could happen in other places in Nepal because God isn't working there. Brother Karan challenged me to go somewhere, anywhere, and try the same things. So I went back to my home village thinking there's no way God's working there, expecting to Prove Brother Koran wrong. I went to the hardest person I knew 
Y'all know that person? Maybe you know that person in your life. The one most resistant to the gospel. How many of you know that person in your life that you know, man, they're, uh, yeah, okay. And after I shared my testimony in the Romans Road, the, the man replied, what took you so long to share this with me? This is true. I want to follow Jesus. The next day, I called Brother Coran and I asked him to pack my stuff, everything I own, and ship it to my house, to my village. And he says, since then, B has continued to share faithfully in his village and beyond. Coran's advice still rings true. Start where you are. Share what you know. How many others are waiting and ready to ask us, what took you so long? Contrary to the rest of the earth, heaven, the saints, and the prophets rejoice of the judgment of Babylon. A mighty angel announces how violently she'll be thrown down. There'll be no more parting for her. This is the day the music dies. She, she'll have lost her luster forever. It says, your merchants were the great ones of the earth, and allocations were deceived by your sorcery. And sorcery is a Greek word, pharmakeia, which means to prepare drugs. Babylon will lure folks in with the drug of their choice. Sex, money, and power, others. They'll be wooed through deceptive advertising, and they'll become addicts. But don't feel sorry for the demise of Babylon. You see, the autopsy finds the blood of the saints and the prophets and all the martyrs inside of her. You see, the ultimate reason for commercial Babylon's judgment, she's killed the prophets and the saints. The people who submitted to and worshipped Babylon had, they had ample warning and they had a choice. I want you to get this. Y'all been with us through the study of Revelations. They had 144,000 come and preach the gospel. They had the two witnesses come and preach the gospel. And the people that got saved from that, they had the gospel brought to them and they took it to other people. And then it even told us about these angels that are flying around sharing their gospel. They have all heard the gospel preached. Clearly, they have felt the judgment of God, the heat of his fury. They have tasted of the things of the day of the Lord. They have been forewarned of what is ahead. Nevertheless, they choose temporary luxuries with no concern for the eternal souls. This world will take materialism next level, a level hardly imaginable. All that matters will be the drug of one's choice, sex, money, power, whatever. Have you ever seen an addict? Do you know addiction? I think we've all been around it. Look, I get zero joy in talking about these things. I'm sad for this world because the world's been drugged. 
There's, no, there's not another explanation for it. Why would people do stuff that hurts them? Why would they do stuff that hurts other people? The revelation of Jesus Christ is written so that you will believe and follow Jesus and miss out on the judgment. This was written so that you'll read it and obey it. Look, you can be on your own or you can follow Jesus. Oh, and if you're siding with God in his word, the attacks on you are not attacks on you. They're they're attacks on God. See, God takes this personally. Listen, listen to these words. You think this is all just revelation stuff and Daniel stuff? Listen, listen to what Paul says. You write this down because you're not going to see it on the screen. 2 Thessalonians 1, 5 through 10. This is what Paul writes. He said, This is evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. That day is coming. Y'all say it with me again. That day is coming. So how do we prepare for that day? That's what I'd want to know. That day is coming. How do we prepare for that day? Well, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, live for him, and bring others along sharing the gospel. And Jesus shared a parable of the sad end for many. In Luke chapter 12, a rich man had a problem. He grew too much stuff. He had, he didn't, he had, God had blessed him with so much abundance of crop. He needed to build, he, he said, I, I got to build a bar, bigger barns. He said, so he decided to build a barn. He said, he, he spoke to himself. He said, soul, you ever taught yourself? He said, soul, you've got a lot of stuff. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But here's the real problem. God has the final say so. You ain't getting up tomorrow unless God says so. Do you know that? Right? We talk to ourselves, but you know who else talks to you? God will talk to you. And God said to him, you fool. You know, when God calls you a fool, he knows what he's talking about. God says, you fool. This very night, your soul is required of you. And now you will own. Now who will own what, all that stuff? Then Jesus said, so is the man who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. God has blessed us to bless others. Jesus called the man that was looking out only for himself a fool. I hope all is well with you. But are you prepared for the day of the Lord? 
Do you even care about the people around you? You know, we're always talking about getting you in a small group, a CPR group, prayer, prayer, relationships, okay, or our small groups, or a D group, discipleship group, so you grow in your faith. We're always talking about that. Someone told me the other day, and they, they didn't need a small group or whatever. It's like, it's basically, it's like this, I'm good, pastor, I appreciate you. I'm good. Have you thought for one second God had you in good shape. God was holding you up so you could help others. It's not about you. And if I could look at everybody in the face, I'd say, it's not about you. I don't need, I don't need, no, maybe you don't need, but maybe they need you. Has anybody in here ever been helped by another human being, ever? I think it's unanimous. You know, all the bad in this world, all this big stuff happening, makes the headlines, it's out of your control. But I got good news for you. The one thing in this life that really matters, the one thing that lasts the longest, the one thing that lasts forever, is you can do something about it. Right now. Right this very second. You can repent. You can turn from your sin and turn to Jesus. And I don't, you know what? I don't care how bad, you, how bad you've been, the worst thing you've done. I mean, I've, I've shared at the Godmobile at the fair with a, one time somebody was sharing uh, with a guy that was, 89 years old, he'd been in one of the wars and he'd done some bad stuff. He said, I, God can't save me. Let me tell you something, God can save you. Amen. Yes, he can. That's what he does. And that's why he's a good, good father. And I'm sorry if you're going through some rough stuff right now, but just what? I'd say about 75% of here, people are going through some rough stuff. But the one thing that matters the most, it's up to you. Now, this week, I got a text from a high schooler. Been praying for him. In fact, two days before I got that text, he was on my pray for salvation list. I've been praying for him. His dad got saved about a year ago. I'm thinking, what's taking so long? He texts me. I surrender. He texted, the teenager texted the pastor of the church, all right? Some of y'all scared to talk to me. He texted the pastor of the church, said, I surrender. And I got to talk to him a little yesterday. And I said, I need to know, what took you so long? You know what his answer was? You know it. I don't know. Somebody in here... You know God's calling you to make a decision right now. You know heaven is right there. And you've been hearing it. Maybe you even cried about it back there in your chair. Heaven is right there. And I'm going to say, well, you know, you believe in Jesus. He died on the cross, resurrected. You say, yeah, yeah, I believe all that. You believe in sin? Yeah, I confess my sin. You believe, yeah, I believe all that. Okay, well, then just go ahead and step over here and receive them. And you're going to say, no, no, not today. And I'm just going to ask you again, why, why? 
And let me tell you something. Don't, don't know is going to be a stupid reason to be in hell. I don't know. I shared. You talking about the hardest person to share with? All right. I'm going off now. The hardest person to share with, we were doing the share Jesus without fear thing. And, I, and one time I had, you got to go. You got to go that week and share with somebody. I, went, I chose to do that. I went to one of my uncles, the grouchiest man on earth. And I shared the gospel with him and got to the parts where he, I mean, would you ready? You want to do that? And he believed everything that I said. I said, were you ready to accept Jesus right now? No. I mean, all the time he's going this, then I get to the big question, he says, no. And I said, why not? And he said, I don't know. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. You know, the world wants a savior. They just don't want to submit and serve him. Now is your time to respond into what God is speaking to you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. We know that that's what happened this morning, and we hope and we pray that you know that as well, that we didn't speak words of men this morning. We looked at the Word of God, the the inspired Word of God, and we talked about that. And we know that whenever that happens, whenever people come together and we hear the Word of God, God is working in us. He's changing us. And we, we hope that you are ready to take some next steps as a follower of Jesus, maybe a first step as a follower of Jesus. And we've tried to make those next steps easy. So you can either go to our website, livingtruthchurch.com and fill out the connect card, which will have some different options for things that God may be prompting you to do. Or you can download our app in the app store, Living Truth Church, and go to the next steps tab in the app. And there's some options with, with different things that God may be prompting you to do or pushing you to do. But whatever it is, we pray that you will take that next step as a follower because we we believe that if we're coming together and we're hearing God's word and he's trying to, to mold us and to, to look more like him, then if we leave here unchanged, we've wasted our time. We, we know that if God's word is proclaimed, we should be different. And so we hope that you'll take those next steps and we would love to come alongside you as you take those steps. Um, right now, I just ask that you'll join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have together to look at your word and, and we thank you for your presence. God, I pray that you'll move in the hearts and lives of every person that's engaging with us this morning online. We pray that they'll leave here different than when they got here. God, we know that it's only you that can do that. God, and so we ask you to do what only you can do. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great week.